Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. You ever find yourself maybe at the dinner table or in the office or wherever, maybe you're working out the, the budget with your family or with your spouse, or maybe it's just you, or you find yourself in some similar conversation, maybe not quite as colorful as that, but... But maybe you find yourself in that place of, man, we've got $11 left at the end of this. If you have $11 left, that, that's actually not bad. That's probably doing better than most people because they're in the hole, right? Um, but do you ever find yourself in that place where it's like, man, I don't, I don't know how the numbers are going to work out. I, I know bills are due this week, and, and maybe you're looking at the budget, and the budget's busted, right? And, and you're trying to, trying to figure it all out. It's exhausting, right? It's stressful. I remember when Haley and I uh, were planning our wedding, and we sat down, and we're, we're looking at the figures, and we've got we to save this, and the photographer's going to cost this much, and, 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 the, and the decorations, and the cake, and the, and the this, and the that, and I remember, I shut down. I was like, we're not going to be able to, we're going to have to wait, I'm going to have to wait like three years and save up, and, and we're not going to be able to do this. And, of course, she's the voice of reason has to calm me down, and, and that's why she does the finances in our house. Because so, uh, I just, I'm like, dude, like, I'm not, how are we going to do this? And, and maybe for some of us, we feel that way with just our finances in general. Anybody, like, you have plans, you have dreams, like, how, you would like to go on a vacation and not have to charge it, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. You, you should be able to go on a vacation, you know? Uh, you ever you ever plan maybe hey you know we we'd like I'd love for us to be able to take the kids and see snow someday I'm a Florida boy I've never seen snow we'd love to be able to do that right uh, we'd love to be able to to plan for retirement right anybody else with me you're ready you're counting the days down where's Ted Matthews? you are counting the days literally how many days twenty one days left come on somebody you know I like to be able to plan for retirement. You know, you should be planning for your funeral. I know it's a weird thought, but somebody's going to have to deal with that at, at the end of things, right? You know? You ever hear the term, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? So we have to learn to do that with our finances. We've been talking about generosity over the past couple weeks in this series called Heart for the House. God wants us to be generous people because that's the heart of God, to be generous, to, to give uh, I believe as Christians, we should be the most generous people on the face of the planet. Uh, we should be that. But just like with our finances in general and just like with our lives and, and everything, we, we have to plan to be generous as well. And part of that comes with budgeting. Part of that comes with, with, with giving God first and tithing. And we've talked about that all through uh, this series. We have to, to be able to plan those things out. Because here's the deal. We plan to consume, right? How many of you are looking through the Black Friday uh, ads, right? Anybody brave and went Black Friday shopping? Anybody? A few of you? Okay, a few of you were brave. All right, good, good. I considered it. You know, we, we were looking at, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I think Black Friday is a scam. All right, I think it's a conspiracy. There aren't really that great of deals out there. Let's be honest. It's all the old stuff that you get a deal on, right? But anyway, maybe that's just me. I think it's a scam. But anyway, because they want you all out at one time to go shopping all at once and and get your credit card, you know, compromised and stuff, you know. It's a scam. It's a conspiracy. But we plan to consume. We plan to consume, right? You know, we want stuff. We'll, we'll buy it, even if that means we charge it. You, know, you got Amazon Prime. You boop, 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 click, 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 right? 
No problem. We plan to consume, but do we plan to give? Do we plan to be generous? Most people give when they have enough. That's the plan. Like, yeah, if I, if I have it, because you know, remember, we talked about uh, when, we, when we give in fear, sometimes we don't always obey God because God's saying, hey, I want you to give. But it's like, hey, hey God, I might need that, right? I might need that. I might have a flat tire this week. A car might break down. And, and so oftentimes we, we give either out of fear or, or we don't give because of fear. Many are spiritual consumers, but we're meant to be spiritual contributors. God wants to do something in you so that he can do something through you. We're not meant to just consume and, and God bless me, pour out a blessing so much that I can't contain and just give it to me. We're meant to be spiritual contributors. Right? I want you and your family, I want you to be able to live on mission. I want you to be able to, to, to carry out the plans and the things that God has for your life. To be, to, so when God says, hey, I want you to give, then, that you're able to give and not, not think twice about it. Uh, when God says, I want you to serve, I want you to do this or, or do that, 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 that you don't have to think twice about it. It's just like, all right, God, here I am, send me. That's what God wants for us. That's what I want for you. I want you living out the things that God has for you and for your family. Today, I want you to go from surviving to thriving. There's many in the world that are just surviving. They're just living paycheck to paycheck. They're just living month to month, or even week to week, or day to day for that matter. And we're just surviving. Anybody ever feel like you just can't get ahead? Right? That's, that's many of us in the room, if we're honest this morning, and, and you feel like you just can't get, I want you thriving. I would, surviving is not really much fun, is it? I think about some things we survived. Uh, you survived school. Where are my teenagers at, right? You survived school, right? You, you just had a break this week. It was awesome, wasn't it? Charlie, did you sleep in every day? No, not really. I'll talk to your mom later. Right? You're probably counting down the days. It's like three weeks till Christmas break, you know? Like we, we, you remember being in school. We, you, you survived school, maybe. Maybe Thanksgiving was this week. We're about to go into Christmas. Maybe, maybe you survived Thanksgiving this week for whatever reason. Maybe it was just maybe it was stressful getting together with all the family. Or maybe it's just like, maybe you have a hard time having joy around the holidays. Let me do this real quick. This is a quick shame, not, what, however you say that, shameful plug. What is that? Shameless, thank you. It's not shameful, it's shameless, thank you. Shameless plug right here. If you're struggling with holidays and, and, and having joy, or maybe just in life, Come to the next uh, few weeks as we have our Christmas series called Ghosts of Christmas Past. And we want to help uh, identify some of those things that maybe are blocking you from experiencing joy in your life. Or even this time of year at Christmas time. And, and if you know someone that's dealing with that, invite them. You've got some cards on your pew. Uh, take those. Invite some people to come. It's going to be awesome. We've got some skits. Uh, John Perea has written his own skits that we're going to do each week before them. That's why you see uh, some of the stuff up here already. Uh, bring them. Because maybe, maybe you survived Thanksgiving this week. Maybe you're going to survive Christmas coming up. Maybe we're diving into a new year. You're not really excited about a new year because you just survived 2019. You hear what I'm saying this morning? Maybe you survived Black Friday, those of you that went out. You know, you survived without getting a black eye or stabbed or anything like that. I didn't hear anything crazy this year about that going on. Right? Uh, some of you survived plane rides. Right? That's me, right? I don't know why I do this. When the takeoff and the landing, I'm, I, like, I'm never more spiritual than those moments. I do it every time. I always think the worst. Oh, Jesus, please, you got so much more for me to do in this life. I got work to do for you, Lord. Please, please don't, don't let this thing crash. I don't want to go out this way. 
I'm never more spiritual. Maybe I need to take more plane rides. I don't know. Um, maybe I'll be more spiritual in my life. But maybe you survive plane rides. Maybe you survive your job. Right? Maybe you're just getting through and everybody's working for the weekend. Right? Maybe you're surviving your job. Maybe, you're, maybe your family survives your cooking. I don't know. Don't go there. All right? Don't bring that up, fellas. Do not go there. We'll have to have another sermon series, something different, to talk about that. I survived my trips to Walmart, just being honest. Every time I survived. I, I went the other day. Um, it was the day before Thanksgiving. I was grabbing a couple extra things. And, uh, and I wish people would learn buggy etiquette, right? Please, don't put the buggy in the middle of the aisle and then shop so nobody else can get around. That's not right. Don't do that, okay? But people do that, and they get in the... Anyway, I'm going to get off on something else today. Y'all need to pray for me and my trips to Walmart. Nobody loves just to survive. It's not fun. It's not going to help you live on purpose. It's not going to help you live on mission. It's not the goal for us to just survive this life. It's not the goal for you just to survive your marriage. It's not the goal for you just to survive in, in other areas. God wants you to thrive. I want you to thrive in those areas. And one of the areas that person after person, family after family that are just surviving in where there's no margin um, is, is our finances. Many are dealing with that today and they're just surviving in the area of personal finances. We're not going to read any of the stats, but you can go, you can Google it later. But the stats are, are crazy of what happens to people when they don't live on margin. When there's no line, when there's no budget, when there's no, hey, we're planning for this or we're, we're going to stick this away. Hey, uh, family, we're going to get together. You should do that with your family. Bring the kids in. What a great way to teach them how to budget and do things right now because they're not going to learn it anywhere else, right? Hey, listen, uh, these next couple months, we don't need Netflix, we don't need Hulu. We don't need Disney+. Plus. We're going to have to save that for another time because right now we just don't need that, right? You know what, son, daughter? You don't need a cell phone right now, okay? You, you don't need this. You don't need that, right? We, we're going to have to, as a family, we're going to have to do this together. We need to, so you might have to, to set a margin. You might have to set a line, a standard, say, hey, right now we, we've got to do this to make this work. When there's no margin, when there's no budget, when there's no planning, when there's no tithing, and when, when there's none of these things, it, it's going to add stress and tension to your life, to your marriage. It's one of the number one reasons that people get divorces, because of finances. It's why you can't sleep at night. It's why some of you are in constant worry. For other, others of you, it's, it's a bounce between despair and avoidance. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling right now. We can't seem to make it. If I just don't see it, if we just stick it away and I look at it, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see the bills. This, I'm not even going to check the mail. We bounce back and forth from, from disparity and avoidance. And we live in this cycle of scarcity. We talked about that throughout this series. To where we consume and we consume so much that we lack. And then when we lack, we fear. And it just becomes this cycle in, in our lives. My guess is that Lack of financial margin has never made your spouse thankful. Honey, you know, we, we, we've got 84 months left on the payments, right, at 7.9% interest. Like that, that's not making anybody happy in the house, right? I'm so thankful that we had another $700 leave the bank account this week to pay this thing, right? No, that, that doesn't make anybody happy in the house, right? Lack of financial margin never causes you to hear God better. 
Like, you can't hear God on supersized car payments. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need space to hear God in your life. And unfortunately, our culture doesn't help us with this. Our culture, companies don't care about your personal finances. Like, it's so annoying. I hate, I don't know anybody that likes going to the car dealership. I hate going to the car dealership because they don't care if you get upside down on your loan. They, they, they just want you to get in that car. You could go in. I've done this. I've gone in. I said, this is exactly what I'm looking for. This is exactly what I need. This is what I can afford. This is what I'm trying to do. Well, hey, you ever think about, no, bro. I just told you. I'm not looking to do that. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I can afford. I hate even doing that. Now I think you can do it online and you don't have to deal with those jokers. If you sell cars in the room, God bless you. We're so glad you're here at TLC today. I mean, all they care about is you buying. Hey, bad credit, no credit. Hey, come on anyway, right? They don't, they don't care. They don't care if you get upside down. Banks are the same way. Banks don't care. Culture handles money by asking whether we qualify or not. Again, bad credit, no credit, no problem. We'll help you get in more debt. That sounds awesome, right? And if you're in the room today and, and like we're talking about money and you're, like, you're grabbing your wallet a little tighter, your purse closer, or you're getting frustrated right now, why is the church always talking? How come people have a problem talking about money in the church but they have no problem getting in debt with people who don't care about them? You know what I'm saying? Like, in fact, church is one of the only places that doesn't, we, we don't charge you to come in here. We're, you know, I ask you to be faithful to God and obedient to his word, and that means for us to give, but, but, but no one's going to tap you on the shoulder and, hey, hey, how come you're not giving? You know, no one's asking you for your money. I want you to be obedient to God and what he's asking you to do in your life so that you can live on mission. When you are surviving, you aren't living out the mission God has for you because you're just trying to survive. So many families, they have no financial margin, and I want to help you with that today. That's what this whole series has been about. Even though it's been about generosity, I want to put you in a better position to be generous and to live out the mission that God has for you. I want your family to thrive and to live on mission. For God, you guys okay with that? I hope so. Something to consider, when people just survive, it has implications far beyond the family. It has implications in the community, it has implications in the church. When people just survive, the, the wider community, it just survives. And including the church just survives. Here in the church, the best way I can describe it is that even as the church, we're, we're making it week to week. But we're not seizing any opportunity. We're paying the bills, we're keeping the lights on, we're keeping the air conditioned so you're comfortable, right? But we're not doing any ministry out there. That's what happens when we just survive. We have ministry leaders that are volunteering in our ministries here now. We have uh, no other paid staff other than myself and, and, and Millie, our secretary. But, so everybody's volunteering, yet most of our ministry leaders, our department heads, are paying for things out of their own pocket. To make sure that our kids and our youth and all of our, our different ministries are, 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 are making it. I hate that our kids and our youth, they have to have multiple fundraisers throughout the year. I hate that. But it's where we're at. I hate that there's people out hurting and, and oftentimes we can't help. When the community isn't thriving, the impact is, is much wider. 
Now, some of you, you are living on margin. You, you, you do budget, you are, are doing it, and, and maybe you give, but, 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 but maybe it's not what God is calling you to do. Maybe you're living on margin, but you're not living on mission. I want to help all of us in the room today do both. Live on margin, but also live on mission. We want to move the community as a whole, the church as a whole, to living with margin and on mission. Kids, don't check out. If you're, if you're a teenager in the room, young adult, whatever, don't, don't check out, right? Because you can help too. I know you don't have jobs. But that actually puts you in a great position because you got a, just a clean slate. You don't have a mortgage. You don't have rent. You don't have a car payment. You can go out and mow some yards and make money and not have to. You, I mean, you're 10%. You got tithe, right? But you don't have to do anything else with that. So you're actually in a great spot to learn how to give. And you got to do it now. Because if you don't start giving now, you're not going to give later. This is for everyone in the room. I want us to think of this together. I want you to consider uh, Luke chapter 11. Go ahead and turn there with me today. I want you to consider this story where Jesus is teaching and they bring a paralyzed man, but they have to put him in through the roof, right? Many of you know this story. But I want us to go there in Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1. One day while Jesus was teaching... Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seems that there are men uh, that have showed up from every village in this area um, that would be considered Palestine. So Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem is this this whole little area. It's this little area that everybody's fighting over still today, right? And it seems that people have traveled from all over. So there was this great crowd in, in this room that had gathered. And it goes on to read that the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Don't you know you need a power, right, in your life? Especially with your finances. You need something greater than yourself to help you get through that. That's why we need to tithe and give and trust God with that. Verse 18, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. There were so many people in the room that they couldn't bring this man in to Jesus. So they went up on the roof and they took off some tiles. Listen, that's what friends do, y'all. That's what friends do. They're going to do whatever they can to, to help you get to Jesus. That's what we are called to do as a church. We're supposed to be those people on the roof. We got to get the people in. We got to get people to Jesus. If it's not coming to church, it's just witnessing them, take church to them. Right? That's how we're going to grow. That's how we're, how we're going to advance the kingdom of God. It's going to be outside going to the people and getting them to Jesus. That's why we're doing what we do here. That's why we have church. They lowered the man in. They lowered the sick man in on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Verse 20. Seeing their faith. When was the last time that God saw your faith? Because they're talking about Jesus. Jesus saw their faith. When was the last time that God saw your faith? What a bold thing. What a, what a tangible thing you have done. It's simply what Jesus is saying. What, what, what faith you have to, to lower this man, to go to all this trouble, to get this man to me. What faith you have. When was the last time you changed some things up? Realigned your life? So that you could get to Jesus. 
or so that you could get someone else to Jesus, or so that you could live on mission, or so that you could live out the purpose, so that you could be generous. When was the last time you changed? They had to change things. They couldn't get him in the door. They couldn't get him through the crowd. They said, what can we do? This man needs Jesus. Let's go to the roof. We're going to lower him in. They were a bunch of rednecks, I bet. Let's get some duct tape together, some, 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 some rope. We can make this happen. We'll hook it up to the front of the Ford or whatever car you like. I don't care. When was the last time we did that? That's what Thrive is all about. That's what thriving. It's an opportunity to realign. Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? We do that sometimes, don't we? Sometimes we're like those Pharisees, we question God in our hearts. You may do that when you write out your tithe check every week. You question God in your heart, God, I don't know if this is going to work. And that's a legitimate, understandable thing. God, I don't know if this is going to work. I know what bills I have to pay this week, but I know I'm supposed to tithe. I don't, I don't know. We, we do that sometimes, don't we? We do that with other things, not just finance. God, I don't, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm seeking you. I just don't see anything happen. I don't know if this is going to work. Oftentimes we do the same thing. We question God in our hearts. Verse 23, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk. Or excuse me, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home, praising God. Maybe there's some of you in there. Maybe you are paralyzed by your finances. Maybe you are paralyzed by fear in dealing with your finances. We would love to see, I would love to see you jumping around, walking around, uh, you know, uh, a year from now, a couple years from now down the road as you've been uh, practicing uh, tithing and you've been doing that in your life and as you've been budgeting and as, as that all begins to align, as you've been trusting God with your life and with your finances and you see all the, the, the things start to line up and then you see it starting to work and you see where God is blessing you and moving in your life and in your family and in your finances and you begin, I would love to see you jumping around, walking around. I would love to see you praising God and getting excited about generosity and getting excited about giving and, and blessing other people. I, I'd love for money to, to stop being an obstacle for many of you in the room today and start being an opportunity. Because see, that's moving from surviving to thriving. When, when we're just surviving, money can be an obstacle. But when we're thriving, money is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to bless people. It's an opportunity to reach people for Jesus. It's an opportunity for ministry. I'd love for you to be able to say, God, here I am, Lord. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want me to give, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do. I would love for every family in here, I'd love for you to be able to go on vacation and not have to charge it. You should go on vacation. You need to rest. You need that time with your family. I'd love for you to be able to sleep at night. I'd love for you to be able to breathe and, and not have to stress and, and worry through those things. I would love to see you living uh, with margin and living on mission. And that's why we're doing this. Many, many get frustrated because they're talking about money in the church. No, I, I want to help you with this. It takes planning. 
It takes planning. It starts with the tithe and, and giving God first and trusting uh, Him with our finances and our life. It takes budgeting. It takes getting out of debt. It takes cutting out the things that maybe you don't need right now, those things that could keep you from living out mission. The purpose of, of all this, the purpose of thriving is to live on mission, is to live out the purposes of God in your life. It's not, about, it's not about the church. It's not about giving us all your money. It's not about this. It's just simply living out what God wants you to do in your life. The goal is to not be the guy on the mat, right? It's to be the friends that are digging the hole to get the guy to Jesus. That's where we should be. But, but, but far too many of us were the guy on the mat. Paralyzed. Not able to move. The goal is to be the friends. We want to be getting people to Jesus. You can only do that if you have margin and you're live, living on mission. That's the picture. That's what we want. That's what we want here. That's why we're doing heart for the house. When you live for God's kingdom, it's just going to change your life. It, it, your, your obedience is going to go up. Your, your stress will go down. Your joy will go up. Your family's going to have more opportunities. Your kids will have more experiences. Opportunities will increase. You'll want to give more. You'll get excited. God doesn't want you just to survive. He wants you to thrive. So as you give, some of you have given a heart for a house already. As you give to the heart for the house, or as you just learn to become more generous, what you can do is you can carry the mat for someone else. Because we, we want to see our church thrive. And when you do that, it's for people who have never thought they would be in church. It's for those out there in the community that are, are sleeping in right now. It's, it's for those in the community that are out fishing right now. It's for those in the community who are so far away from God. They don't want to hear anything. It's, it's for those that would never dream about being in the church at all. It's for those not in the room. It's for your family. It's for your friends. It's for your loved ones. It's for your spouse who's not in church with you. It's, it's for your kids. It's for your teenagers. It's for those of you that have kids that are grown now and they're not in church anymore. When we give, when we learn to be generous, that's who it's for. It's for your father who's become cynical. So you're so worried about him. You're worried that he's getting older in and, and, and years and he's not living a life for God. When you give, when you are generous... You will provide an environment for our kids to grow and develop a relationship with Jesus, to know what it is to, to love him and to serve him, to know what the Bible says, to know what truth is, to learn how to pray. What we do is we create environments for people to come in who are, are far from God, to come in and experience him. That's what happens when we give. And I know some of you might be thinking in the room today, man, I, I would love to give. And I, I hear what you're saying, but, 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 but shouldn't I get my finances in order first? Well, here's a couple thoughts with that. You got into a financial mess without God, don't try to do it without him too. Right? Honor him first. Learn to tithe. The best things that Haley and I uh, did when we first got married, said we, we have to tithe no matter what. That, that's not an option. That's a non-negotiable. We've never regretted giving. Ever. Think about the life that you want. Don't you want people uh, to carry their friends into? Don't you want to help them uh, not just uh, carry their mat, but learn to carry others as well? 
There's a ripple effect that happens when we're generous and when we learn to give. This is for your kids' piano teacher. This is for your kids' friends at school. This is for a soccer coach. This is for your teenager who's actually wanting to come to church. Imagine a year from now, you've got some money in the bank. You even got a little bit of an emergency fund because you're implementing these principles into your finances. Imagine your family taking a vacation and you're not, have to, you're, you're not having to bring ham sandwiches. Like you could actually go out and do something nice and then not be stressful and not swiping the card, charging it. Imagine you're living on margin and you're living on mission and God is moving in your life and you're seeing friends and neighbors and coworkers or people coming to know Jesus just simply through your generosity. It's a difference between living in a cycle of scarcity and a cycle of abundance. Remember, scarcity, consume, lack, fear, abundance, give, it multiplies, it increases your faith. This is what abundant givers do, and then we're going to wrap it up, and we're going to give you an opportunity to give this morning. Abundant givers give spontaneously. For many of us in the room, we give when we feel like we have it. Or, again, maybe we don't give because of fear. But abundant givers give spontaneously. So if there is a hurricane that comes through, and we were able to, to raise $1,000 as a church and, and give it to those uh, efforts uh, in the Bahamas, when the stuff like that happens, we don't even have to take up an offering. You're just ready and say, hey, man, I, I want to give to this. What can we do? We don't even have to take up a, we don't have to take up special offerings. We don't have to take up multiple offerings. We don't have to do campaigns. Everybody's just on board and we're ready and we're saying, hey, God wants me to give, so I'm giving. Abundant givers give spontaneously. It's like the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. Many of you know that story. Even if you didn't grow up in church, you probably heard it. You have this guy who was beaten up, left for dead. Two religious leaders go by, don't do a thing. A Samaritan comes along, bandages the guy's wounds, cleans him up, takes him down to the local Holiday Inn, right? Puts up some money, says, listen, let him stay as long as he can until he gets on his feet. However long he stays, I'll pay, I'll pay the tab when it's all done, right? Luke chapter 10, verse 35, you can read it there. That, that's being spontaneous. That's, giving, that's seeing a need and that's meeting a need. If giving just what and when you can is the only way you give, that's very limited. And we're limiting God, and God, God doesn't want that for you in your life. That's surviving. If you are thriving, you can give spontaneously. Another way that abundant givers give is they give strategically. Again, we plan. Many of us think, I wish I can give more, but you can if you plan for it. Everyone, um, you may have a, a spending plan, but maybe not a giving plan. Most of us just give when we can, but we can give more if we plan it out. We can do more. God wants you to do more. It starts with a tithe. It starts with honoring God, giving him first. Give God your best and your first, and then being generous with the rest. Isaiah 32, 8, but generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Most people plan to consume the new techie toy. The latest TV, they got all kind of, they got a curved TV now, they got the QLED that look really cool. Look good in my room. It would have looked good to see Florida beat FSU last night on that TV, but whoo. 
and to give strategically. We're not spiritual consumers. Again, we are meant to be spiritual contributors. We can give more when we give strategically. So generous people plan to give strategically. They plan to be spontaneous and they give sacrificially. Look at Mark 12, verse 41, 44. Worship team, you guys can come up. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury with all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, but in everything, all she had to live on. When was the last time you gave sacrificially? This woman gave everything she had, and Jesus said she has given more. I know Jesus' math don't always add up for us in our earthly, logical thinking. Because again, the kingdom is different. The kingdom of God is different. We talked about that. But Jesus said, listen, this woman gave more because she gave sacrificially. It's easy to give when you have plenty. Sometimes our giving should hurt. God wants us to learn to give sacrificially. That's how Jesus gave to us when he gave his life for us. We thrive when we give spontaneously, strategically, and sacrificially. This is what we do here at Transforming Life. This is what we do. This is who we are. I don't want to pass the offering plates a bunch of times. I don't want to have to raise up special offerings and do building funds and do all these things. I don't want to have to do that. But we should learn to be generous. And when God says to give, to be obedient. But we have to be in a better place to do that. We have to go from surviving to thriving. Because when you give strategically, when you give spontaneously, when you uh, give in these ways sacrificially, we can give without asking for another offering. We can give without ever doing another campaign. I hate that our our, our ministries have to do a bunch of fundraisers. I don't want to have to do three-year campaigns so that we can do. What that is is that makes us a thermometer and not a thermostat. A thermometer, it rises with the temperature. A thermostat, it changes the temperature in the room. I want us to be able to change things through our giving and through our obedience to God. I want to be able to help families who are hurting in our community and not have to worry about it and not have to say, oh, we need to move this around or, or maybe we can talk to so-and-so because they're, they're super generous. And, and I, I, We should all just be ready to give and be generous. Just be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Generosity is what we do here. It's who we are. Can we thrive together, church? Can we thrive together? Come on, won't you stand up with me all across the room? We're going to take up the offering here in just a few moments. But can we worship God for just a little bit this morning? I would encourage you to pray. We're about to take up the offering again. You may have your tithes this morning. But I want to encourage you to give this morning spontaneously. I want to encourage you to give this morning sacrificially, above and beyond your tithe. And I want you to pray right now. God, what would you have me give? What would you have me give? How would you have me be spontaneous? How would you have me be sacrificial today in my giving so that we can see lives touched and changed for Jesus? God moves when we're generous. So right now as we worship, I would encourage you to pray. Pray, ask God, God, what should I give today? God, stir my heart to give. 
God, what would you give? What, what, what should I give above and beyond my tithe today? What should I give sacrificially, God? How can I have a generous heart today? Come on, let's worship for a few moments. Come on. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.